Hi guys, so I'm going to get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we're so thankful that you guys are here. We're thankful that you guys have found the podcast. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Um, you can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're so thankful that you guys are here with us today to study. Okay, so <laughs> apologies because I changed this topic like five times, right? There's so many. I'm like, ooh, we could do this one. Ooh, we could do this. Ooh, we could do this. I, I couldn't pick one, but we're going to go with this one. Okay, I think this is this is appropriate, <clears throat> and I think this is a, this is going to be a really great study as we see what the Lord wants us to understand from Scripture today. So we're going to talk about the topic. Hey, do you want to go on a walk with me? Hey, do you want to go on a walk with me? Well, what do you, what do you mean by that? Going a walk with me? Um, when you think about walking, just in general, you know, like a walk through the park or you know, walk through to see lights or whatever it is. Walking has always been a sign of companionship. So when you think about walking, you don't really, you don't really walk with someone you don't want to be with. You know, you don't walk with somebody that you don't enjoy uh, their company, right? Or really, you really don't walk with an enemy. And so walking has always been the sign of, of comfort, of companionship, of safety, um, and we, we enjoy that time that we have to walk. And so the Christian life has always been personified as a walk, but it's a walk with Christ. And so, you know, I think about what Paul mentions, you know, Paul personifies the Christian life as a race, right? Paul saying, you know, I run, I run the race, but today, and it's kind of ironic when you see these two personifications of, of the Christian walk. You know, you see it as walking and as running, um, but it, it's very interesting how, however, the Bible or other people personify it, the Lord never wants us to stop. Right. So walking, it might be slower than running, but you're still moving. Running is faster than walking, but you're still moving. Right. You're not. You're not in a state of being still. You're not in a state of being stagnant. So, so as we develop this relationship with God and with Christ. He never wants us to stay still. He always wants us to continue to walk and to run. It always shows uh, effort. It always shows movement. It always shows endurance as we do these things. And so today, right, whether you might find yourself running, right, actually kind of in stride in life, you know, you, you're feeling good, or whether you find yourself walking, you know, taking this at a at a slower pace, right, taking it step by step, trying to figure some things out. Christ wants us to keep enduring uh, during this race. So today, as we look at this, we want to see how we can keep walking on this journey with Christ today. And we want to see how not only walking this journey with Christ, but we also want to see how we can walk this journey with each other too. All right. So as we introduce it, so today, do you want to go on a walk with me? Today, do you want to go on a walk? Okay, so let's look at point number one. So <clears throat> as we talk about this, do you want to go on a walk with me? Number one, we walk with God and each other for companionship. We walk with God and we walk with each other for companionship. So when we think about this, most, um, most you know, relationships with your friends, with uh, you know, other people that you meet, it, it always it always starts off as as a friendship, right? Things always develop and blossom from that friendship. And so as we walk together with God, it builds into something more, right? So God obviously created us, right, in the book of Genesis, right? He made us in his image, but as we as we grow to love him, as we grow to love his son, as we meet um the blood and baptism. And as we, as we become members of the body, then that relationship, even though we've known about him, that relationship gets closer and closer and closer because we're learning more, uh, how to become more like him. And so what is our commonality as we walk together? Our commonality is God. It, it's Christ. It, it's the gospel. And so let's think about this. That word walk is is uh, very special as I studied this today. Walking always signified some type of closeness, 
And I want you to look at this. Look at Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and I want to notice uh, verse number 8. Genesis, so obviously this is after the temptation. And so in verse 8, notice what the text says here. The text says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. So again, before again before the temptation there, think about the closeness and the oneness that Adam and Eve have with God. And this gives us just a small image of the relationship that God had with Adam and Eve. Because notice they were so they were so comfortable with each other that God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So it, it kind of almost signified that that was their time. That was their time to, to communicate with God, to talk with God, to walk with him, right? Not only did they have that relationship, but they had a set time, like in the cool of the day. And so when you think about it, God has always wanted a relationship with his creation. He's always wanted a relationship with us. And so again, like we mentioned before, that word walk in the Old Testament, it always signifies a, a closeness or, or a friendship with God. Well, how do, how do we know that? Again, we know this in Genesis chapter 3. We see Adam and Eve as, as God communed with them. But look at this example too. Look at Genesis 5. Genesis 5, 22 through 24. And again, this is an interesting study as we study the Old Testament together. That word walk shows up so many times. And we'll, we'll get into that definition in a second, but let's keep building on this idea through scripture. All right, verse 24 of Genesis 5. And Enoch, again, what's our word? Walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. So again, Enoch's relationship with God was so close that he, God just took him. And so again, when, when we look at that word in the, in the Hebrew, that word means to have a closeness. It also, I mean, this word has plenty of meanings, but here's just a few um, few definitions here. But in the Hebrew, that word means closeness. That word also means to be greater. That word means to be continuous. So as Enoch was walking with God, at one time, as Adam and Eve were walking with God, they were getting closer with him. They were becoming greater because they knew more about him. They were being continuous in listening and loving God and loving his law. That's what it means to walk with him, to be continuous, to, to build and to be greater because you know him. So Enoch walked with God. Then look at verse 24 or, or verse number uh, 22. And Enoch again walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Again, that, that, that signification of walking and building this relationship. Then even in Genesis chapter 6, the next chapter, right now we have Noah, verse number 9. But Noah, right, or verse 8, obviously we know the text says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But then verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generation. And Noah, what's our word again? Noah walked with God. It's, it's, it's interesting as you look at the Old Testament, you see the relationship that God begins to have with his creation. And every time the relationship was close, right after Adam and Eve, every time the relationship was close, the Bible decides to use the word walk. Isn't that interesting? The Bible decides to use the word that so-and-so started walking with God. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. It's interesting that the Bible decides to use that word walk. Then look at this. Look at Genesis chapter 17. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 17. And look at verse number uh, Genesis 17, 1. This is now with Abram. Now we're understanding more about the history. Now notice what Abram. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am the almighty God. Now look at what God wanted Abram to do. Walk before me 
and be thou perfect. So again, what are we talking about? Do you want to go on a walk with me? God has always wanted a closeness with us. And so the Old Testament, it builds a foundation to say God has always wanted man to walk with him. But here's the beautiful thing about it. With Enoch, with Noah, with Abram, God wants us to walk with him. But if you notice, even even from the beginning, God has never forced anyone to walk with him. God wants it, but God has never forced anyone to walk with him. And so again, remember we talked about how, you know, walking has always been a sign of companionship. You know, it it feels kind of awkward when you're walking with someone that doesn't really want to be there, doesn't it? It feels kind of awkward when it feels kind of like an obligation. It's not, it's not really, it's not really natural. It's not really uh, flowing. It's more like, it's more like it's a, you know, you're just clocking in, if that makes sense. But with God, God doesn't want that with us. God wants us to choose to walk with him. It's a, it's a choice. And again, what, like we said, you know, walking is that companionship, walking side by side with him. And so Noah chose, Enoch chose, Abram chose. Again, God said, I want you to walk with me and I want you to be perfect. But then notice what Abraham's response was, verse three. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. So Abram and God, now they're making, now from Abram, now they're making promises. You know, again, he made a promise to Noah. Now he's making promises to Abram. So now notice how the relationship with God is developing. Not only am I walking with him, but now God and I are getting so close. God, you and God are getting so close now that now God is beginning to make promises. Think about this. We don't make promises to people that, uh, you know, we don't care about. We make promises because we want to come through. So God cares about us and he wants us to care about him. So now it's, it's it's a great thing that even throughout the book of Genesis, the relationship that we should have with God is highlighted. We should want to walk with him as a friend. We should want to be with him. We should want to learn about his statutes. Then if we do, he'll give promises. He will help. He will guide, right? So here's here's the last example here. Go to um, uh, Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18, uh, verse number four. <clears throat> Excuse me, Leviticus 18, verse number four. Now notice what our text says here. Again, remember, we're talking about walking here. It's, it's a sign of companionship. You shall do my judgments and you shall keep my ordinances to what's our word to walk therein i am the lord your god again even when he's giving laws to the nation i want you to walk with me so now as we think about this and as we've kind of looked at how walking has developed from the first relationship to even now the question pops up why does god want us to walk this way with him and why does he want us to do that with each other too? So here's, a, here's three reasons why. One, when you follow God, you get very close to him and you get close to each other. You know, many congregations are looking for that one thing, right? That one program, that one, uh, that one event. So if we do this and if we do this continuously, this is the thing that's going to get us close. That's the, that's the event that's going to, that's going to turn the tide. This is the thing that's going to get us close together. Can those things help? Yes. But when you follow and when you walk, right? Remember, we looked at all these words. When you walk with God, that's how you get closer to him. See, here's the great thing. And here's the, here's the, I don't want to call it negative, um, Here's the, here's the downside, I guess, is the best word I can come up with now. Here's the downside of just of just uh, focusing too much on on certain programs and certain events. The downside is 
those have time limits. So that's only once a month, maybe once a quarter, maybe randomly, maybe, you know, once, once every, every so-and-so month. So it's not an everyday deal, but a relationship with God is an everyday deal. So when you follow God, you get very, very close to him because you're walking with him. And then that's how you get close with each other. Because now we're walking with God. So now when we do go that, to that one month event, when we do go to that event, when we do go to these things, now we're not basing our closeness off of the event. We're basing our closeness off of the relationship that we've built. Now we're together and now we can help that relationship grow. Look at this. Look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. This is a, a perfect example from scripture about how this happened. Acts 2, and look at verse uh, 47. Again, no, notice the text. Actually, no, let's begin in verse 44. So again, this is this is the day of Pentecost. So now verse 44, and all that believed were together, and they had all things common. So what were the all things that these people had in common? That we just realized we killed Christ, and we've just obeyed the gospel. So now what do we have in common? Jesus. Now, did they fellowship? Yes. Verse 42. Did they break bread? Yes. Verse 42. Did they pray? Yes. Verse 42. But was the fellowship the commonality? Was the food the commonality? What was the commonality that these people had in Acts 2? It was the gospel. That's the thing that gave them commonality. Right Then now let's jump to verse 47. Praising God, that's the commonality. And having favor with the people, that's the commonality. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So when, when you as an individual and myself as an individual, when we walk with God, we get close with him. And then when someone else is doing it, then I automatically get close to them too. Because they're doing the same thing. Then number two, why does God want us to walk this way with him and each other? Two, when you follow God, then not only do you get close to him and each other, but then you also gain a new family. You know, I'm reminded of the oneness that's found in the book of Ephesians. All right, Ephesians chapter four, verses four through six, right? There's one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, the completeness, right? Seven ones. So when we follow God, we gain a new family. There's one body. Well, what's the commonality like it was in Acts chapter two? The commonality is the gospel. And this is um, why we have to be so careful sometimes because we can make, we can make the event and we can make the food and we can make those other things the only thing that we happen to have in common. Our commonality should be we're all Christians. That should be the commonality. So, again, as we get together and as we enjoy time and spend time with each other, there's nothing like spending time and having a great time with Christians. There's nothing like it. Like going to camp uh, and enjoying a meal together, going places, and you know, uh, serving having fun with them. That's, that's all, that's all great. And we should do all those things. But remember our commonality is the walk that we have with him. So let's ask this question as we study. If we're both Christians and option one, person one, they're walking with God and they're following his commands as a Christian but option two is a Christian, but option two is not walking in the commands and not walking with God. The question becomes, they're both Christians, but what's, what do we have in common? If we're not walking with God, then where's our commonality? You see, the commonality comes with being with him. So when you follow God, you get close to him. Then when you follow God, you gain that new family. Then number three, when you follow God, you're never alone. 
remember we talked about in our introduction when we walk with god right that's a sign of companionship walking has always been a sign of companionship so when you walk with god you're never alone because he's always there and again even like we looked at before in kings with elijah someone else is always there too hey look there's other servants out there just like you i remember in even in matthew chapter 28 the bible talks about that jesus said that i will be with you to the end of the age so we're we're never alone when we walk with god so now let's let's close this point by thinking this way i want to look at the word walk for a minute so when you think about walking again as we looked at all these examples not only does it show a sign of companionship but walking also indicates a a, almost kind of a calm and walking indicates you're not rushing to go somewhere walking indicates that you're taking your time many times when we think about our walk with god many times we don't want to take that walk with him and that walk with others because sometimes we feel like we have to have already arrived in order to begin that walk but notice as we're walking with god think about um other than enoch the example that we used before other than enoch when god just took him think about what abram did abram lied about about sarah being his his sister not his wife did god give up on him god continued to walk with him it's it, it was a process with abram then abram slept with uh with hagar did god you know, give up on Abram then, he walked with him. Walking always indicates that companionship, but it also indicates a step-by-step process. God doesn't expect us to have things, you know, figured out or, and again, when we think about that phrase, figured out, where has God ever asked us to figure things out? He's always wanted us to take a step with him, step-by-step-by-step. You know, we sing that song, Oh, God, you are my God, right? Step by step, you'll lead me. We just got to continue to take steps with him. And I love that's that's how the Old Testament, it's, it's great how the Old Testament describes a relationship with God as a walk. It's a step-by-step process. Think about Noah, right? Obviously, obviously Noah built the ark, but then, you know, after the ark, then incest happens. So does God, does God give up on Noah and his family after that? again it's a walk it's it's a walk and so sometimes we won't begin that walk with god or begin that walk with others who follow god because we feel like man i'm not ready i'm not ready to start walking yet you know i'm not ready to be this yet or i haven't got this figured out yet or i'm not at this point yet you know everything starts with the first step every you know the relationship with god it starts with us taking the first step The relationship to get better starts with the first step. The relationship to grow starts with the first step. So today, let's not be afraid to take that first step, right? Together, we can go hand in hand. So, hey, do you want to go on a walk? We walk with God and each other for companionship. Then number two, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real slash support. And then you can support the podcast there. We already have three supporters and we're so thankful for your guys' monetary support to the podcast to help us grow. And we're so appreciative of that. All right. So two, hey, so do you want to go on a walk with me? We walk with God and then we walk with each other for companionship. But then number two, we walk with God and we walk with each other to change. We walk with God and we walk with each other to change. You know, um, as we grow with God and as we walk with him, as as Genesis 5 and Genesis 6 and 17 and 18, as God described, as we grow with God, we will find ourselves changing and becoming different. Maybe we used to be angry all the time. Maybe we used to be bitter. Maybe we used to hold grudges. Maybe it was hard for us to forgive. Maybe it's hard for us to Uh, challenge ourselves no matter what that is the steps that we take with the lord 
the Lord helps us to change and become a better person, right? I'm even reminded of an Exodus with Moses, right? Moses, Moses basically says, Lord, I can't, right? I, I can't speak like this. I can't, you know, I can't do this. I, I, I'm not eloquent. I can't do your work, right? But then as God continued to walk with Moses, Moses became a great leader. And then Moses ended up training Joshua. And so, again, we walk with God and we walk with him to change. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, we have to we have to grow and we have to mature as people and spiritually. You know, I'm reminded of even uh, what the Bible mentions about Jesus, how he grew in stature and in favor with God and with man. There has to come a time in our lives where we have to mature. You know, some things that we used to do and we used to think that were fun and, you know, we used to do all the time. Maybe we got to back up from that just a little bit to grow up. You know, how how weird would it be to see, you know, uh, you know, an old man, you know, uh, you know, actually a grown man, you know, <laughs> having having a baby bottle in the store. It just wouldn't it wouldn't look right. It wouldn't look like so physically and spiritually, we, we have to mature. Right. We got to mature. And so as we grow with God, you'll become a different person. And so the Lord has never wanted us to stay the same. So here's our quick application point before we move forward. Think about how long you've been a Christian. Just think about it for a second. Maybe you've obeyed the gospel at 12 or 15 or 16. And maybe now you're you're 21, maybe you're 25, maybe you're 29, 28, 30. Are you, are you in the same spot that you were when you were, when you obeyed the gospel? Have you changed at all? And when I mean change, I mean spirits, do you know more scripture now than you knew then? Have you developed uh, spiritually now than you did then? When we walk again, that word to continuously do this with him when we walk with God, we improve. We improve. Now, here's here's a couple verse I want to go to. Uh, go to Galatians four. Galatians four, verse fifteen. Then we're going to go to Colossians for a second. But notice what our text says in, in Galatians chapter four, um, beginning in verse number fifteen. I want to make sure I have the the right text here. But as we grow and as we study, I really want you to notice this because this is important. As you know, it should be Ephesians 4. It should be Ephesians 4, uh, verse number 15. So notice what our text says here. But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So even in the New Testament, as we walk with him, the Lord expects us to grow and develop as we walk, not just be there just to walk, right? We grow and we develop with him. So God never wants us to be in the same spot we were in when we met him. So think about when, when God met Moses, Moses, you could, you could see the immaturity there, but then as he's in, as he's in the wilderness with the children of Israel, you can see the maturity of Moses. Moses defends them. Lord, don't destroy them. Don't destroy him. What's everybody else going to think if you destroy him? Lord, don't don't destroy them. He takes care of them. He trains Joshua. He helps the people. You can see Moses beginning to mature. So Moses wasn't in the same spot that he was years ago when he met God. Right? You think about Abram. Abram, again, like we mentioned before, slept with Hagar. You know, lied about uh, Sarai being his, his sister and not his wife. But then as we grow and as we look at Abraham's growth, then when he needs to sacrifice Isaac, he says, don't worry, both of us will be back. Then he says, well, Isaac says, well, where's the sacrifice going to come from? Abram says the Lord will provide. His faith has grown. Right. You can see the growth process as these men walked with God. And it should be the same for us. There should be people should be able to see okay, so-and-so is getting a little bit better. Like I can see so-and-so's spirituality getting better. Like I can see them growing, you know, and that's the thing about it. You should be able to like physically, you know how when you see somebody and then a year later, bro, you got so much taller. What, what happened? Oh yeah. I hit a growth spurt. 
yeah, you look way different. You look way, way different than you did last year. We can see that with each other physically, right? But spiritually, I should be able to see and you should be able to see the same thing, right? Man, you're you're not the same as you were last year. You're a little bit, you're a little bit more mature. You, you know, you're, you're a little bit more, I can see you, I can see your works. You know, I can see you growing. I can see your faith. We can, we can see it as we can spiritually. So here's this, look at Colossians chapter one with me. Colossians chapter one, um, verses nine and 10. Colossians chapter one, verses nine and 10. So notice what the text says here. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled. So what are we going to be filled with as we walk with God? Here's what we'll be filled with. Knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Then verse 10. So that you might, and what's our word? Walk, but walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So how do I know? You know, sometimes you should be able to see the results of your work. So if you lift, you should see the results of your work in your body, right? If you diet, you should see the results of the work in your body, right? If you say financially, you should see the results in your bank account. So it's the same thing spiritually. If you begin walking with God, others should see in you and you should see in yourself more knowledge, more, more wisdom, more spiritual understanding. But where does those things come from? It comes from your personal walk with God. So that you, verse 10, might walk worthy. And then notice, as we walk worthy, what's the results of gaining knowledge and of his will, wisdom, and understanding? will be pleasing, though another result will be fruitful in every good work, what's another result will be increasing in the knowledge of God. So again, we'll be able to see the results. You should be able to see the results. So then jump to Colossians chapter 2, verses uh, 6 and 7. Now notice what he says here. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the same person that we're walking with, as you therefore have received him, what's our word? So walk in him. So if I walk in him, what will he give in my life and yours? Verse seven, you'll be rooted, which means you'll be firm. You'll be built up in him. You'll be established in the faith. But how can I be rooted? How can I be built and how can I be established? As you have been taught. So, wait a second. I can be rooted. I can be built up. I can be established. I can know the knowledge of his will for me in my life. I can know wisdom. I can know spiritual understanding. I can know all this because somebody taught me. So, wait a second. As you walk with God, what is God doing for you as you're walking? It's not just for your both of your personal enjoyment. You're walking, but he's teaching you as you're walking. Remember, even that example in Leviticus, I want you to keep my statutes and I want you to walk in them. So as we walk with God, God is teaching us. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So now let's think about this for our application. So if we're not walking with God and if we don't have a personal relationship with him, then is he teaching? So how does how does the Lord today, again, God physically walked with Enoch. God physically walked with Moses. God physically walked with, with Noah. God physically walked with Adam and Eve. So how does he walk with you and I today? Through the word of God. So if your Bible and my, and my Bible, if it's only open just on Sunday or Wednesday or at a certain spiritual event, are we really walking with them? If our Bible is only open when we have to open it or, or when there's a certain assignment, are we really walking with them? 
sometimes man, and we have to reconsider even as a Christian, am I really walking? Am I really walking with God? Am I letting him teach me? Am I letting him walk with me? Do do I want to know more? Do I do I want to get better? Or do I just want to stay the same? Again, remember, like we said, a walk is a step-by-step process. So, hey, Jesus is just waiting for us. Do you want to go on a walk with me? Do you want to come? When we walk with God, we walk with each other for companionship. When we walk with God and with each other, we walk to change. We walk to get better. And in order to mature and develop, we must continue to have a conversation and grow with God. And here's here's a, a lesson that I'm learning from older men and even my dad. You know, as as we're walking together and we're teaching the gospel and we're we're helping and we're trying to develop, we want people to come on a journey with us. And guess what? When you take a journey with people, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't get there tomorrow, right? You don't get there in, in an hour. When you take a journey, it takes a while to go through a journey. And so as we're studying and as we're developing and as we're growing with God, we want you to walk right there with us. We're, we're walking with you. And I think that's, a, that's one of the most beautiful things as we looked at this in Scripture, that God is, is walking with. I mean, how patient. I mean, I think about personally, I think about how patient God has been with me. It's been unreal. It's been it's been 100 percent unreal how patient he's been with me and how kind he's been with me and and how compassionate he's been with me through through love, through discipline, through hard work, through dark times, through lonely times, through through suffering, through through a lot. I mean, he's been he's been so patient with me. Now, did I want to go through those things? No, not at the time. But he never left. Maybe it was maybe it was the direction that we needed to walk together. But as you grow and this, I learned this from dad. He says your relationship with God is going to dictate your relationship with everybody else, with your, with your wife, with your kids, with the congregation, your relationship with God is going to dictate how you walk with everybody else. And so when we walk with God, this, I mean, think about this, guys. It really does dictate how you walk with everybody else. You know, and and this is a beautiful, and God gives us kind of the blueprint here through the book of Genesis as we looked. He gives us the blueprint of how to start walking with people. You know, and, and again, my, you know, the wisdom that I've gotten from my parents and from other people and from the scripture, you know, it, it, you don't necessarily have to do things so fast. You know, learn to walk, learn to learn to grow with the with people, learn to understand them and grow with them and grow with your future spouse and help her and and, and grow with her and, and teach her and and pray for her and all these things. So that that determines the way that we walk with God determines how we're going to walk with everybody else. So then number three. Do you want to go on a walk with me? Number three, what's the last reason why we do this? The last reason why we do this is we walk with each other and we walk with God for guidance. We walk with each other and we walk with God for guidance. So as we're on this walk and as we're on this journey with God, at times the journey and the walk will be very, very clear. Right. Very, very clear. And so you'll know, you know, you'll know exactly what the Lord wants you to do. I mean, it's it's almost like you can't miss it. It'll be it'll be that clear as you're walking. Sometimes as we walk with God, the road will be foggy. So the other day I was driving into the office in my car and I'm kind of on a back road on a highway before I go to the building. And as you're driving, you know, early in the morning, the sun's really not out. And so um, it's just fog. I mean, it's, it's just road and then trees. And but then when the fog hits, you can't you can't see anything. You can't see anything. And the only thing that you can see in front of you when there's a fog, you can see just the, the little bit of road that's in front of you. That's it. You really can't see behind you. 
even if a car happens to be in front of you, you can only see a little bit of their lights going through the fog. You really can't see. So sometimes as you walk with God, it's going to be clear. Sometimes the road will be a little bit foggy. But again, when we walk with God and when we walk with each other, God will give us guidance. God knows exactly where he's leading us. Look at Psalm 23. Psalm chapter 23. And I want to notice verses 2 and verse 4. But again, I mean, this is an interesting study. You know, when you look at the scripture, just, just, and I didn't even, I went through maybe six or seven verses, but just look at how many times the word walk shows up. I mean, the Lord has really, he's kind of hidden that word, you know, everywhere in scripture. Sometimes we, we just gloss over it, but it's right, it's been right there the whole time. He just wants us to walk with him. So then verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And then what's he doing? As he's walking with me and walking with you, he leads me, leads you beside the still waters. So not only as we walk with God, not only is he walking with us for companionship, not only is he walking with us um, uh, to teach us as we just looked at, but he's also walking with us to guide us. So think about the conversation that you're having with God as you're walking with him. And as you're studying the scripture and as you're praying through the clear times, through the foggy times, as you're doing this, look at what God is providing you as you walk with him. He's providing you with guidance on where to go through his word. He's providing you with knowledge through his word. He's providing you with friendship through his word. So then as our shepherd, he's leading us. Then verse four. Yea, though I, again, our word, it's, it's just there, but we miss it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Again, it, it always shows that image of walking. We're walking with God and he's leading us. You know, it's, it's very comforting to know and it's very comforting to follow someone who knows where they're going, right? It's very comforting to follow someone who knows where they're going. And so when you think about what the Bible says, even in the book of Psalms, didn't he say thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my fat, a light into my path, Psalm 119. But who is the word, John chapter one, verses one through three? Christ. Who are we walking with? We're walking with him, Christ. So now the practical question becomes as we look at some application. Okay, I want to walk with Christ. Okay, you've the, the, the scripture has convinced me that I want to walk with Christ. The scripture has convinced me that I, I want a better relationship with him. I want to start walking with him right now. You know, I want to start developing with him. The scripture has convinced me. But here's my one skepticism, right? I want to do this. I'm, I'm all in. But here's my one skepticism. How can walking with God, how can studying the word, how can knowing more about the Bible, how can reading the Bible and praying more, how is that going to help me at my job? How is that going to help me with my finances? How is that going to help me with other things that I'm dealing with that's not quote unquote spiritual? I think that's that right there, that's what stops a lot of us from following God the way that we need to, because I think a, a lot of us sometimes don't believe that God can help us in those things because they're not quote unquote spiritual. Yeah, he can. So how's he going to help you at your job? So the Lord is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. He knows everything. He sees everything and he's all powerful. So if he can help you grow spiritually and physically, the Lord takes care of his people, doesn't he? Matthew chapter six. So how is he going to help you at your job? If you continue to do Matthew 633, and if you put Christ over your job, don't you think he's going to provide? But now here's this. And, and I've uh, went through this as well. So did you know that possibly that the Lord providing for you may be for you to lose that job, to get a better one? 
because maybe that job has taken all your time and maybe that job has caused you to continue to miss services. Maybe that job has caused you not to be at the things that you need to be at, not to give you the opportunities to study. Maybe that job has been a hindrance. So maybe as you walk with him, you might have to lose it in order to gain something. But do you trust him? Do you have faith? See, the Lord helps us with those things. But sometimes when we physically lose it, I, I knew it. I knew I should have kept that. I, this walk is not really what I thought it was. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is what you thought it was. The Lord is just helping you. So what the Lord will do as we study together and as we look through what scripture has revealed, the Lord, when we commit to walking with him, the Lord will always do what he has to in order for us to get closer to him. So again, I know I reference this book, but this is a great book. Again, Those That Wait by Rosemary McKnight. Great book. Great book. You can find that on Apologetics Press, Gospel Advocate. Great book. I think it's like six bucks. But in that book, it talks about uh, the will of God. And sometimes as we walk with him, his will might be for you to lose that job that you got because that job has been hindering you from getting closer to him. Maybe the Lord has to, you know, take away certain finances from you because you've been trusting in your finances more than him. Maybe the Lord has to take that relationship or that person away because you've been putting all your attention on them rather than him. Actually, maybe both of you have been putting your attention on each other rather than him. So the book mentions that the Lord will do whatever he has to do and the Lord will take whatever he has to take in order to get your attention to get closer to him so you can be better for a better job, so you can be better financially and smarter financially, so you can be better for that spouse and that spouse can be better for you because you're following the word rather than doing what they want you to do. You see, so in order to walk with Christ, again, like we said, when you walk with him, sometimes it won't be clear. So how can the Lord help with my job? He will, but you got to put his, his precepts and you got to put his promises first. So quickly, I just want to go through just some practical things. So let's say uh, I'm at my job. And let's say my job always has me working on Sundays. My job always has me working on Wednesdays. And I know in my heart of hearts, I know I'm not growing like I need to. I know I'm not developing like I need to. I know I'm um, not being in the word like I need to. I know that. And I know that the hindrance of that is my job. I know that. So what do I do as a Christian? What's my choice? The scripture says you have two. This is not what Jordan says. The scripture says you have two choices. Remember, because the Bible mentions in Matthew, you can't serve two masters. You got to choose one. So what do I do in this situation? Again, like we always ask in the book of Job, how's your faith? So now Matthew 6.33, seek ye first. So what if you're what if certain things are being first over God? Then number one, we need to ask ourselves a personal question. If something is taking precedence over God first, am I really walking with him? Then two, if I realize that I'm not, what am I going to do about it? And again, well, Jordan, you're, you're a preacher. You've never been in that situation before. You don't know what it's like to work in a, in a secular job and have it. Yes, I do. I understand. And I understand going into the boss's office, being afraid to lose my job, knowing I needed the money. Right. There's instances where I was working to, you know, they wanted me to work Wednesdays. They wanted me to work Sundays consistently. They wanted me to miss worship consistently. I know what it's like to be afraid to go into my boss's office and have that conversation with my boss to say, hey, man, look, I'm a Christian. You know, I, I this is this is something that I do. I go to worship and I can't let this job take precedence over that. I know what it feels like to be scared for him or her to say, all right, we're going to have to let you go today. Well, if you can't make that choice, we're going to have to let you. I know I know that fear. It's a scary thing, but how's your faith? 
I know for me, the Lord has always helped me in my walk. So he'll help you too. But it's a matter of, do we want to keep putting these other things before him? We can put finances there. We can put relationships there. We can put fun there. We can put sports there. We can put whatever you want there. We know what it's like to, to almost lose those things. But again, Christ, again, remember, what do we look at in Genesis as we looked at this foundation? We looked at God wants us to choose to walk with him. He never forced Abram to walk with him, never forced Enoch to do it, never forced Adam and Eve to do it. They either chose to do it or they chose not to. See, the, the beautiful thing as we close this, as we look at this word walk and this conversation and this development with God as we're walking with him, he always gives us a choice. Would you like to keep going or is this farther? Is this far enough? Do you want to stop? You know, it's kind of like when you're at the arcade and you lose a game and the game's over and the, and the clock gives you like 15 seconds and the clock says, you know, do you want to continue? Sometimes he'll let us do that. You know, when things get foggy and you really don't know if you can keep going, I'm tired, I don't see anything. You know, it really doesn't seem like anything's, you know, there as you continue to walk. It feels like you're not really leading me anywhere. It feels like I'm not really doing anything. Do you want to keep going or do you want to stop? The Lord, the Lord will always give us the choice to do whatever we want to do. But whatever decision we make, the Lord is okay with it. The Lord will let you keep walking, but the Lord will also, okay. But does the Lord ever give up on you? Absolutely not. He doesn't. He hasn't. He hasn't with me. He hasn't with Abram. He hadn't with Noah. He hadn't with Moses. And he won't with you either. He's compassionate. He's patient. He's long suffering. He's pitiful. He's, he's, he's full of these things. The Bible says he's full of them. But also here's the reverse flip side. The Lord is a jealous God. The Lord is just. The Lord is the Lion of Judah. The Lord is our master. So again, there's a balance to this. So as we learn to walk with God, you know, I encourage you to, well, the scripture encourages you today. Scripture encourages you today. Let's reevaluate our walks. Are we really, are we really even walking with him? Are we, am I really even walking with him today? Yeah, I, I may have put on Christ in baptism. I may be a Christian, but am I walking though? Or am I just, you know, sometimes in, in the Christian walk, we can find ourselves almost, almost kind of existing in a sense. You know, but it, it, if we find ourselves in that, in that state of existing, you're not, you're not, you know, uh, you're not digressing, but you're also not moving forward either. You're just kind of in this gray space. I think that's, that's kind of where a lot of people are. You know, it, it's not like they've given up on the church. It's not like they quit the church. It's not like they've, well, I don't want anything to do with the Lord anymore. They're not, they're not that extreme, but they're also not, you know, well, I'm, I really want to study or I really want to grow or I really want to learn knowledge or I really want to know his will for me or I really want to do Matthew 6.33, but they're not willing to give that effort either. So it's kind of like they're stuck in the middle. Right. So like we're talking about this walk with God, it's kind of like they're just there. Here, here's one last verse I want to go to as we close. Go to the book of Revelation, please. Revelation, I believe it's chapter two. No, um, three. I'm sorry. Revelation chapter three. So again, the Lord will let us choose. But here's the great thing about the shepherd. The Lord wants us to tell him what what do you want to do, Jordan? What do you want to do? Put your name there. Just let me know. So here's what the Lord told the church at Laodicea. Revelation chapter 3. Um, and let's begin in verse 15. He said, I know your works. He said, I know that you're not really giving up on the church, but I also know that you're not on fire either. 
So I know you haven't quit, but I also know you you really don't give extra effort either. I I know your works. See, today Jesus knows exactly what I'm doing. Jesus knows exactly what you're doing. I I know. I know your works. But then he said, again, he, he gives a great definition of us. He said, you're neither cold, so you haven't given up, but you're also not hot. It's, it's not like you have any fervor either. He said, you're, you're lukewarm. He's like, you're just kind of in the middle. Y'all ever drink something lukewarm before? It's nasty. Like lukewarm water? No. Nah. Lukewarm soda? Disgusting. Especially when the fizz is gone? <laughs> All right, that's, that's gross, right? Nothing. It's just no one likes anything lukewarm. So think about what Jesus is saying to us about our walk with him. You're not cold, but you're not hot. So what are you to me? You're just, again, like we said, you're in this gray space where you're just lukewarm. So then verse 16. So then, because you are lukewarm, because he said you chose this, and you decided to neither be really cold for me, but you also decided that you're not hot for me either. He said, Jesus, I can't take it. He said, I will spew thee out of, out of my mouth. Well, why? Verse 17, because you say I'm rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, but I know that you are wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. Jesus said, I, Jesus said, I know this. So when we think about Jesus knows how I'm walking and how you're walking with him today. He knows. So as we as we look at this application, let's not be the lukewarm walkers, right? Let's not be the lukewarm walkers because Jesus said, I can't take it if you look. Jesus said, at least I want you to pick. If anything, I want you to pick. If you want to be cold, just let me know you want to be cold. But if you want to be hot, let me know that you want to be hot. But this kind of in-between space where some days you're hot, some days you're cold, I can't really depend on on where you're at. He said, I'll spew you out. So again, we have to, we have to make a choice. And again, the scripture encourages us. Let's be hot. So does being hot, does that mean always being perfect? No. Does being hot always means you're always going to make the right choice? No, because if that's the case, the Bible wouldn't talk about Abraham, Moses, or Noah. But being hot means that you're always moving forward. Being hot means you're trying, you're looking to get better. Being hot means you're willing to make adjustments in your life. Being hot means I'm willing to say I need help. Being hot means I'm willing to walk with God and change my life. That's being hot. What, but what's being cold? Being cold is I'm not going to change. I'm not going to adjust. I don't want to walk. That's being cold. So today, how is your walk with God? How is your walk? So today, as we look at this, Jesus is, through scripture, Jesus is just asking us one simple question today. Do you want to go on a walk with me? Do you want to go on a walk with me? Man, I really hope we want to. And I really hope that we want to walk with each other too. We're not perfect. You know, no one, none of us is perfect. And, and one last thing I want to mention too, as we walk together, it's a, it's a, it's really a beautiful process to walk with each other, to walk through our imperfections together to walk through our fears together, to walk through our failures together, and to grow out of it and to become better. You know, it's just a beautiful thing with that imagery with God, but it's also a beautiful imagery with, with a physical person to walk that way. Man, let's, let's grow together through our imperfections, through our fears, through what we can't do right now or what we think we can't do. Let's grow through it together and let's walk through it together. It's a beautiful thing. Do you want to go on a walk with me? 
I hope that I was able to help you today and encourage you as we study together. Um, great study through scripture. And I, I look forward to um, not only continue to walk with God, but I also look forward to continuing to walk with you all as we continue to study through this podcast together. So I'm so thankful for you all. Uh, Lord willing, we will be back again on Monday with another podcast. I'm looking forward to having a few guests on uh, the next couple of weeks. So be looking out for that. Uh, continue to subscribe on YouTube and also on uh, you know anywhere that you can get your podcast. So we're so thankful that you guys are here. And Lord willing, we will see you guys on Monday. Thanks, guys.